What security do you need to step away from that will allow you to step towards your destiny? What is God asking you to do that you need to obey immediately? So what is your next step? Live with ridiculous commitment by joining us today for Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. Life has its ups and downs. Life can be fun. Life is sometimes hectic. And life is full of choices. Welcome to Venture, the podcast that brings the biblical truth to the ventures that we face in this world and live in today. Hey everybody, welcome back to another Venture Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Wills, lead pastor at Chain Lakers Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. And as always, so thankful that you're tuning in today, downloading this episode, listening into your car, whatever it might be. We appreciate you being where you are and knowing that we believe God has placed you where you're at for a reason and a purpose, and we're praying that God will reveal what that might be uh, today. Well, guess what? We're excited today because we are starting this new four-week series uh, called Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. And I wanted to say very sincerely that I believe for many of you, the next four weeks will be a defining, defining moment in your relationship with God. Because I have one goal and one purpose only, and that is to allow the teaching of God's word to build your faith, to give you a ridiculous amount of faith. Now, if you're a little bit old school like me, ridiculous is a word that actually is a good thing, okay? It's, it's good in this sense, okay? Because how many of you notice that or seen in the past that there are a lot of words that have opposite meanings, right? They, they mean what they mean, and then they mean the opposite as well. Like uh, bad, right? The word bad used to mean bad, then bad was good, and now I think bad is bad again. I'm not quite sure, <laughs> you know, but it, it can go back and forth. Sick, the word sick is the same thing. Sick is like sick, like you throw up on me, that's gross, that's disgusting, right? Or it's really cool, it's sick, right? It's sick, that is so awesome, it's sick. Well, ridiculous is the same way. Ridiculous just used to mean outlandish in a bad way. But now, if the cake is really good, what is it? The cake is ridiculous, right? It's awesome. Anyway, and so what I want to do is look at the life of Elisha. And I believe God is going to build ridiculous faith in our lives, in the good sort of way, obviously, okay? Let me give you a little bit of context for you. Um, we're going to be turning to 1 Kings chapter 19 today, and we're going to talk about who he was, um, Elisha, and then we'll look at our text, and then I'm going to tell you where we're going to go in the next couple of episodes, the next few weeks, uh, and then we'll jump into uh, what we're talking about today. There was a guy by the name of Elijah... And some people get Elisha confused with Elijah. Elijah was one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. He was bold, daring, full of faith. Elisha wanted to be like Elijah, and he was bold enough and ridiculous enough and, and asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. And God, in his sovereign will, gave Elisha just that. And Elisha actually performed more recorded miracles in Scripture than anyone, with the exception of Jesus. What's interesting about this guy is he was very ordinary. He wasn't the son of a priest. He wasn't a monk. He wasn't like some sort of outward spiritual giant. Uh, he was just an ordinary guy who was living at home with his parents, working on a farm when God called him to do something incredible. 
So those of you that are still living at home with your parents, you have something to look forward to, okay? Yeah. Uh, the context is, he lived during the 9th century BC, in a time when Israel was divided with great tension, and many people were worshiping the false god of Baal. And God raised up this ordinary guy to, and to do something extraordinary through his life. So let's read our verses that we're studying today. It's 1 Kings 19, 19 through 21. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant, to become his servant. Now, how ridiculous is that, right? So well, let me tell you uh, where we're going in this series, okay? Next week, we're going to be looking at something that really speaks to me. Uh, so many of us, because our small, our faith is small, we're, we're not willing to dream big. And at the same time, so many of us aren't willing to start small. And so we're going to look at a story where Elisha asks uh, some people to dig some ditches in a valley long before there's any sign of water. And God is going to expand your faith to think big, and at the same time, I will believe you'll be willing to start small. And then in our third week, we're going to look at a, a widow who is desperate. And any of you who are going through difficult times right now, and you wonder, how am I going to make it? Well, this poor lady was about to lose her two sons, and, and all she had to her name was a little jar of oil. So all she could see was what she didn't have. And God, through the prophet Elijah, is going to show her that she had everything she needed to do everything God wanted her to do. And hopefully this will build your faith. In the fourth week, we're going to see a crazy miracle. Uh, for those of you who at one time were more passionate about the things of God, you were more on fire and closer to God, but you lost your spiritual edge, we're going to look at a, at a miracle where an axe head fell into a body of water, the prophet threw a stick, and the axe head floated again. I believe God is going to help you get your spiritual edge back uh, that week. Today, I, I want to show you a ridiculous commitment of faith from the prophet Elisha. So let's look at verse 19 again, the middle of the verse where it tells you or tells us what, what he was doing. Scripture says, Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. What I hope you notice in, in this part of the scripture is he was doing the same job he had been doing for a long time. He was working on his parents' farm, and he was driving the yoke of oxen. Now, I want to point out something here that maybe you've never thought about, and that is the monotony of what it would be like to plow behind a yoke of oxen every single day. Think about this. What would you smell, right? Something that's sick and not in a good kind of way, right? You smell oxen residues, oxen poo, right, is the word we're looking for. So what do you see then? What is your scenery every day if you're behind a plow? Oxen rears, oxen tails, right? Oxen behinds, right? And, and, and so that would be your scenery. And, and that's not a cool every single day kind of scenery, is it? Now, some of you, you may feel a little bit like Elisha. You're not looking at oxen rears, but you're doing the same thing day in, day out. And it gets really, really monotonous. 
You're, you're going to the same job working with the same people. And you're like, I feel like I'm staring at oxen rears. Now do not call your coworkers oxen rears. That's not what I'm saying, but that's the way you feel, right? Some of you, you may be in sales and it's just day in and day out. You make your quota and it starts over again and you make your quota and it starts over again. And you're like, this is so monotonous. All I ever do is try to stand, live up to some standard and, and then it starts over again. Some of you, you might be students and you think, what do I do? I study and I work to pay the bills. I study some more and I work to pay the bills and I study and I work. Oxen rears everywhere. Those of you that are parents, what do you see all day long? Maybe diapers, laundry, dishes, right? And then it's diaper, laundry, and dishes again. And, and you start to think it's incredibly easy to lose your passion when all you see is oxen rears, right? All day long. And this is where Elisha was. But I want you to notice he was being faithful in the task at hand. And I believe with all my heart that God loves to reward those who are faithful in the little things. When you're faithful with the little, he can trust you with much. And Elisha, even though it might not have been the favorite thing to do, even though it could have been incredibly draining physically, emotionally, he was faithful. And in the middle of his faithful daily routine, God sent something new to take him from where he was into a ridiculous place of impact. Let's continue on on our reading for verse 19. Okay, the end of the verse says this, Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Well, what in the world does that mean? Well, his cloak would have been kind of like a coat made of animal skin or fur, right? And this was his covering. And what Elijah did was he took his covering and he put it on Elisha, symbolically saying that which covered me will now cover you, that which I was under, now you will be under. You will be my student and I will be your mentor. As God has been working through me, now God is going to work through you. And so he put his covering over Elisha. Now, I want to apply this story to your life and, and show you two principles of ridiculous commitment, okay? God is going to call Elisha to follow Elijah, and he's not going to know all the details. Elisha's not going to know all the details, okay? So, number one, you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately, okay? That's the first principle of ridiculous commitment. You don't have to understand fully to obey God immediately, First, Elijah puts the cloak around him, right? And then in verse 20, Elisha then left his oxen and then ran after Elijah. He says, let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will come with you. Notice this. He didn't have to pray about it. He didn't have to do a list of pros and cons. He didn't have to consult his counselor. All he did was said, God, I believe you're in this, and I don't, I don't need to know the details, but since I believe you're in on this, I will obey immediately. And so I don't know how this would speak to you, but I believe with all of my heart, if you will get in a posture of spiritual readiness, you can't plan what God might do from a year from now, but, but if you are ready, you can obey immediately, even if you do not understand fully. And here's the way God will lead you. God will rarely give you details. I believe God is often strategically vague in his directions. You want details, and I believe God will look at you often and say, you can't handle the details, right? If I showed you everything, you wouldn't show up. I'm just showing you the next step. And so God often will guide even with just one word. Just one word sometimes is all God will give, and that needs to be enough to go on. In the Old Testament, whenever God was giving Moses direction, you could summarize the directions in one word, right? 
Moses, go. Or Abraham, go, right? He tells him, go to the land I will show you. He didn't know where he was going. He just had to go. Peter in the New Testament, Jesus was walking up on water. Peter was like, hey, that's ridiculous, right? This dude's walking on water. Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus gave him one word. What was the word? He said, come. One word. I don't know the details, but you follow one word, come. Some of you, you may hear one word from God. I don't know what it will be, but maybe in your marriage, maybe you're struggling right now, and you're thinking about cashing it in, and you hear one word, and that one word is stay. And you don't have to understand completely to obey immediately. You stay. Some of you, you might have a health situation, and it doesn't look good, or maybe it's for someone you love, and God gives you one word, and it's trust. And you hang on that one word and you obey. Some of you, you have a heart to help. And you're like, how and when? And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And, and God gives you one word and that word is serve. You don't have to understand immediately. Some of you, you've been kind of hanging around um, your church for a while. Um, or maybe you just uh, watch online. Or maybe you're just listening to this podcast here and there. And you are local to us. And you're kind of starting to grow with God, but you're still observing, right? And God may give you one word, and that word might be commit. Don't just watch or listen to what God is doing. Get involved. Commit, okay? Some of you, you're going to hear one word from God, and you're going to be crazy enough, ridiculous, ridiculous enough to say, I don't know all the details, but I don't have to understand fully to obey immediately, okay? That is our uh, thought number one, our, our principle. Second principle is this, those God use the most are the ones that hold on to the least, okay? Those, God, those that God use the most are the ones that hold on to the least. Watch what Elisha does in verse 21. So Elijah left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen, right? These were the animals that brought about his livelihood. And what does the Bible say he did with the oxen? He slaughtered them. He killed them. D-R-T, dead right there, right? And then what did he do with the plows? Scripture says he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and give it to the people, and they ate. He made a bonfire out of the plowing equipment and cooked steak for his buddies, right? And then he set out to follow Elijah, and he became his servant. That is ridiculous through and through. Elijah says, God is calling me to go and follow this prophet. Become a prophet. Become like him. Maybe even become greater than him. So what do I do? I kill the cows and burn the plows, right? That's what I do. Well, that's ridiculous. Now, you can kind of see we're killing the cows, right? Because symbolically, whenever God did something, people would make a sacrifice. Like when the prodigal son came back, the father killed the fattened calves, right? And he said, how do you like yours? Medium rare. That's why I like it, right? Whatever. Let's party, right? Kind of did that thing. Well, you can kind of see it, but he goes and burns the plows. It's almost like he's saying, I'm burning plan B. There's no plan B, right? There's only obey God. There's only plan A. And I've just got to tell you, as a dad, if my kids come home with that plan, I'm kind of saying, hey, you know, I'm proud of your faith and everything and go serve God, but let's keep our options open, right? That's honestly what I'm thinking. Let's use our minds here. You know, go follow God, but keep the cows and the plows because you never know what you might need to use, use them again, right? But what you're going to see in scripture is there are often times when people are so moved by God that they do ridiculous things to, to follow him. 
When Jesus encountered Peter for the first time in, in Luke 5, Peter was having a bad fishing day. And Jesus came up and said, throw your nets on the other side. And Peter was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And Jesus said, just do it. And he did it. And he caught so many fish, the nets started breaking. He's like, whoa, who are you? This is amazing. I'm a sinful man. You're the Lord. You know, all this process, all this stuff going on. And Jesus looked at him and said, hey, from now on, you don't have to just catch fish. Now you can catch people, right? You can fish for people. You can be a fisher of man. And scripture says something that's just as crazy as burn the plows and kill the cows. The Bible says that the disciples left everything. We can just read by that to not even think about it. You, you, let's contextualize that to your life, okay? That's like saying, leave my job. Well, I've trained for this. I've, I've got a major in college for this. And you want me to leave my comfort, leave my family, leave my neighborhood, leave my church? They left everything to follow him. There are some of you that God is going to speak to you at some time and give you a plow-burning faith. And, and let me just say and qualify, make sure God is speaking to you because you just don't go in and say, you know, I'm sick of my job and, and say to everybody, I hate you all and, and then burn the, burning down, build, uh, burn the building down, right? You don't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you know that God is calling you to leave where you are and go where he wants you to go. But there are some times when you are so convinced that you just burn the bridge back, right? Because you're not turning back because something has happened in you and you're never going to be the same. You, you can't go back because God is calling you forward. There are some of you, God is going to give you a plow burning faith where deep within you're willing to do whatever it takes to follow God to the next place. Let me give you a couple of stories of people that had plow burning faith. There was a man whose dad was uh, very successful in the fast food industry, and so his dad generously went to pass this, this on to his son. He wanted to just give his son the business. And the problem is his son didn't like the fast food business, but his dad said, you know what, I can make you rich. And the dad would have been right. But this man, all he wanted to do was teach junior high and coach boys basketball. Okay? And so his dad gave him the business, and he tried his best, and he was actually very successful. But he was miserable because he wasn't called to make money. He felt called to invest in the next generation. And so he very respectfully went to his dad and said, Dad, I love you. I honor you. You're one of my heroes, but I can't do this anymore. And he, in a sense, burned the bridge and said, I'm giving all this back. And he left a tremendously lucrative career to go and teach junior high and coach boys basketball. And now he is more fulfilled doing what he was called to do. And he, and, he, and he had to burn some plows to leave where he was so he could go to where God wanted him to go. Another one, there was a family that's really on fire for God. They're really strong Christians, but quite honestly, in the summer, something changes in them. They are so in love with the lake that no one would see them basically on weekends between early May and early September because they would just disappear completely for every weekend. They would go to the lake. It was all about the lake. And, and to be clear, I like the lake. I really do. And so if you have a lake house and want to take me once or twice a year, I'll go with you. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> I like the lake. But it was so severe that this guy's nine-year-old daughter one day said, Daddy, why is it that we love God all year long, but we don't love God in the summer? And when he heard that, he realized what had happened. They, they loved God, but their lives said something different. That, that God holds on, that, that, that God goes on hold is what I want to say, right? 
They, they didn't serve anybody in the summer. They didn't make a difference in the summer. They didn't worship in the summer. In the summer, it became all about their enjoyment. And when the dad realized this, he said, I can't have that. And so he burned the plow. He sold the boat, sold the lake house, and he said, I'm not going to let something send an example to my nine-year-old that God is not important to us all year long. Right? Maybe you need to burn the plow. Maybe you need to burn the plow, right? I don't know what it would be like in your life, but if there is anything keeping you from serving God, you need to burn the plow. If there is sin holding you back, burn the plow, right? If there is a doubt in your life, burn that plow. If there is a relationship holding you back, somebody's got to burn that plow, right? You're not going to let anything keep you from following God because you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. And those that God used the most are the ones who hold on to the least. Some of you, you're like a, a little kid holding on to your blankie, right? How, you know, how many of you had a little blankie growing up when you were little? Maybe it wasn't a blankie, maybe it was a, a binky, you know, a pacifier, or maybe maybe yours was a special toy or something, you know, a stuffed animal. Mine was a blankie, you know. And, and if you're like me, you're you're like, I've got my blankie, you know, I'm feel secure. And some of you need to burn your blankie, okay? Some of you, you're holding on to something that keeps you secure, right? Never, ever forget this, okay? Never forget this. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security, okay? Let me say that again. To step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. God is going to speak to somebody today and give you the faith to believe that he's calling you to something new because you may be looking at oxen rears today, but in your faithfulness, God may call you to do something even greater for his kingdom. You have to have the faith to go and you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately because those that God used the most are those that hold on to the least. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Venture Podcast. Uh, we hope you'll see us and join us next week as we continue our series of Elisha, A Tale of Ridiculous Faith. We'll talk to you soon. If you'd like to know more about Venture Podcast in Chandler Acres Ministries, or you'd like to become a patron, please visit us at chandleracreschurch.com.